Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Grace Urkiel, a junior on the women's swim and dive team. She talks about realizing she could compete at the D1 level, how the team's family feel helps alleviate pressure, a future career in law enforcement, and much more. You can subscribe to Tommy Talks wherever you get your podcasts, and if you love it, please give us a five-star rating. Now, here's our conversation with Grace Urkiel on another edition of Tommy Talks. Grace, welcome into the podcast. Uh, you're a junior here now. Tell us why you chose St. Thomas and why you wanted to come be a Tommy and swim. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, when I first visited St. Thomas, it was one of the first schools that I was talking to about swimming. By my sophomore year of high school, I decided that I wanted to swim in college, and that was a huge uh, factor of why I wanted to go to college or my decision for colleges. And I was talking to the head coach, Scott Blanchard, at the time where I first visited in May of my junior year, and I loved it, but I didn't get to see the team. I was looking at other schools, but when I visited St. Thomas, I just, I loved it. Mostly because the teammates I met there, they were all really nice. They were funny, and um, overnight, the person who was my host, she was just, like, so fun, funny, and I just loved everybody there, and the program that this one team had, the way Scott Blanchard described it, I just was like, this is where I could really see my potential and be able to improve myself, even past the point where, like, I didn't even know I'd get to this point today didn't even know I had this much potential but Scott Blanchard like he was able to show me that through good training that it's possible. So you were ready to come to St. Thomas whether it was division three or division one? Yeah so around the time where I was deciding to pick a college there wasn't really a a definite decision on whether St. Thomas was moving from D3 to D1 yet but I was okay with the fact of just staying in D3. I was okay with just competing as a D3 athlete. I was still able to, you know, be able to compete. And then also we would have the opportunity to go to NCAAs compared to now that we're D1. We have to wait about four years since moving D1, which I'm okay with that. So I was completely fine with either being a D3 athlete or a D1 athlete. Well, you've been a pretty good Division One athlete so far. You, you, your first meet, well, you didn't get to swim your freshman year here, right, because of COVID. So you had to sit out that year, essentially. Yeah, we had maybe two meets. One of them, we had to divide the men's and the women's team. The men had to travel, and we stayed in January of, I believe, 2021. We swam against St. Ben's, and then conference got canceled unfortunately that year but we were able to have a dual meet against um gustavus we okay. traveled to gustavus and um that was a good meet as well because even though it wasn't conference we still treated it 
as much as we could as conference right. where we tapered for about two weeks. We shaved, we wore the tech suits. So it was the closest thing we could get. But last year, that was my first year at conference. You tapered. Tell us what that means for the non-swimmers out there. So tapering is usually what you do before a big meet. Um, it's usually a long, pro- not a super long process, but it takes about two to three weeks depending on your distance. So if you're a sprinter, somebody that does about 50 to 100 yards mostly, you'd want to do about two and a half to a three-week taper. And then um, somebody that does um, middle distance around 100, 200, maybe even a 500, you'd do about two weeks. And then the more distance you do, like say the mile, if you do the mile, you'll probably want to have less because you need to keep that endurance. But taper is kind of just you're progressively um, bringing down the amount of yards you do at practice. You're increasing the amount of rest you do outside of practice. Like if you have the choice to sit, you sit. You have the choice to lay down, you lay down. Right. Um and then you also like make sure that you're not getting any injuries. You're making sure you're not getting stressed. I remember even some coaches even say, even if you want to break up with somebody, don't do it during taper because <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to completely like throw yourself off right. for your races. And then uh, shaving, obviously we do that. Um, everybody, even the men's team shave their arms, shave their legs, um, it really does help. I think it's also a mental thing. Yeah. And then the tech suit and it's really tight, compressive suits that are, they call them tech suits because they're made by technology and they're um, not waterproof, but they have a little bit of water repellents on them. So they last, they only last a few races though. You can wear them for about a few meets and they are very expensive, <laughs> but they do help people improve in their times. It helps you get in a great mentality. And they're also extremely compressive. Um, for me, especially a lot of people on the women's team, we take about 30 minutes, at least 20 to 30 minutes just to get it on. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So is it just because it is so tight that you just kind of have to squeeze and readjust and everything as you get in? Yeah. And it's also really easy to rip them. You can only pull them up by the seams. You want to make sure that you don't have super long nails when you're doing them and you don't want to be tugging on them too tight. Yeah. But people like to have the more compressive, you know, without cutting off your blood circulation, the better. So a lot of people go down in sizes and... It's really difficult to get them on. I think last time I wore a tech suit, I took about 45 minutes to get it on the first time. And how do you have any energy left for the race after that? <laughs> oh, we've got a good amount of time. Okay. Yeah. You got to like plan it out perfectly. Be like, okay, I have like an hour before my race. When do I need to put on my tech suit now? Now. Yeah. Get going now. And then just patiently put it on. Yeah. So your first meet of your sophomore year you come out and and you get a victory right you get two first place finishes what did that how did that help you in your career since then did that help say okay I belong here I know I can do this yeah when I first came to St. Thomas I have to admit I wasn't extremely confident in what my potential was but then my sophomore year when that came around I was able to you know breaststroke is my stroke but then also like the teammates that I had the like the people that I train with are also a huge component to like being able to see my potential leading by example 
And yeah, I think that meet last year was kind of just a staple moment where I was like, I I can do it. Yeah, and you proved it all season long. You end up getting named to the All-Summit League team, and you also set the program record in the 50, uh, 50 breaststroke at the Summit League Championships at the time of 29.51. So when that race was over, were you like, okay, that was pretty good? I mean, do you have that feeling at the end of a race, or do you still have to just wait and see? Um, I After that race, I was pretty happy after it. At the same time, I always think that there's room to improve. I always like to go to my coaches after my races because they have always have something to say. Even if they don't have anything bad, you can also recognize what's good and be like, I can work on that even more. And then also when there's something that they think you should work on, then it's a great opportunity to get even better. What are some of the areas you've gotten better in this year? Um, this year... Um, well, my freshman year, I have always struggled with my pullouts. That's where I would get stumped all the time and um, be able to get out-touched if under the water they would be able to get f- way farther ahead of me. So um, over the years, I try to work more on my arm workouts. Oh, my coaches were always like, you need to work on your lap pull-downs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I would constantly try to work on my pullouts, and I believe they've gotten better. And then this year, um, I'm trying to focus more on my turns and being able to focus on just, you know, keeping a low profile. Because it is just, it's milliseconds in the turns, right? And in the pullouts, all of those things. So is it just... Is it just how you're coming off the wall? Is it turning a little bit tighter? I mean, is it just little itty-bitty kind of things that you have to fix? Yeah, Especially with a turn, you have so many components to think of, like how you're coming in, are you coming in too short, are you coming in too long, um, how fast are you going, where are your hands, um, how fast are you sweeping up your feet, are the feet too high, are the feet too low, because even that can mess up the way you push off, and a turn can like help determine whether you get out-touched or not, and I feel like that's both the thrilling and also the anxious thing about swimming is that you can get outtouched easily just of like one slip up in your turn or your start or your finish that's a lot of pressure yeah but you like that yeah yeah i i would say i like the pressure um sometimes it gets a little much but um i always have my teammates to be able to reassure me um, a huge thing that we like to build on is the concept of family, which I believe a, a bunch of the sports do here as well. And just knowing that I have a great support system here, I know that if I have a good race, I'm going to have um, people by my side. If I have a bad race, I'm going to have people by my side and then vice versa. It feels like swimming really has that family vibe on because it's not like, okay, we're the women's swim team and we're the men's swim team, right? You guys practice together, you do everything together. At least you're used to. Is that still the case? Yeah, so we're pretty much co-ed. The men and the women's team practice together all the time, and pretty much some of my closest friends I've met on the swim team. My roommates, all of my roommates um, are on the swim team. Two of them are continuing to swim, and then two of them are managers this year. So I would say that um, pretty much everybody that – comes onto the swim team makes long-lasting friendships how did you get into swimming um so I started kind of young and then I quit at eight and then I went back into it at 12 because my twin sister also swims she swims for the U of M she's a very good swimmer (laughs) 
and um, then I decided to go into high school swimming, and that's when I started experiencing like hard, rigorous training, and it was it was really hard to experience it at first at a young age, but then I thought to myself, I just thought I really like this. I like staying fit. I like the competition. I like seeing myself improve. And then by my around my sophomore year, I just just decided to myself, maybe I want to do college swimming. It's a great way to stay fit. It's a great way to like keep that drive. Um, it's a great way to manage your time. I always find that my grades are always the best. GP is always the best when I'm actually swimming all the time, which is, yeah, it's kind of ironic. You think you don't have enough time to do schoolwork, but then at the same time, it's helping you manage your time, knowing you have a set schedule and yeah. And then college swimming. And then also it's just a great way to build a family and like build bonds with people. It's a very goal oriented person then I would imagine. Yeah, I always like to set goals for myself. Um, A lot of us, uh, pretty much everyone on the team, we have these post-it notes on the wall on the pool deck with our goal times um, of the events that we really want to improve on. And pretty much everyone on the team has done this. We write our names and then our events and then our goal time for the end of the season. And then something, one or two things that we want to focus on to help improve that. And we do that so not only that we can see that before we go into practice to remind us why we're here, but then also to see our teammates' goals and what they're focusing on so that we're able to support them in a better way. You mentioned you're competitive. Yeah. Um, how much of that is because you have a twin sister? Um, is she as competitive as you are? Oh, yeah. We also swim the same stroke. Um I do feel like some of my competition is because of my sister. We're also identical twins, so yeah. it's even more of a similarity. Um, but I was able to recognize, you know, my sister was more experienced in swimming when, before I came in at 12. She was already swimming like four years before me. And I was kind of, you know, okay with that and then also being able to have competitive drive for myself and not always having it drag me down my sister improves I kind of whenever my sister improved I would just see it as an opportunity for me to improve Mm -hmm. at the same time instead of just letting it drag me down your sister is Molly right yes yeah um what why did you quit at the age of eight I wanted to try other sports I didn't really know if I liked swimming at that time yeah I tried multiple other sports that I wasn't really that good at. I tried Taekwondo for a couple of years and that was <laughs> that was interesting. And then I started Interesting how? Like did you what are the belts in Taekwondo? Um it goes from I think white, yellow, orange. We had like a camel belt and then green, blue, purple, brown, red and then black. And I only made it to brown which was okay but then that's around the time i started looking at swimming again and i was like you know i really like this and i if i really want to continue my swimming i can't do two sports at the same time i want to put all my focus on one and so then you went back into swimming yeah how being a twin i've know several twins and it was um it was weird not being around their other twin for the first time So was it weird? Was it a hard decision for you to not go to the U of M with your sister? Or were you okay with that separation? 
I mean, first of all, I don't think I'd even be able to swim, at least by my senior year of high school. I wasn't really at the, I wouldn't be able to swim for the U of M. But then also me and my sister pretty much actively chose to not be at the same school. Um, We were, we pretty much have the same friends in school, but our parents made the decision like for us at a very young age not to keep us attached all the time like mm-hmm. they always would tell the teachers not to put us in the same class so that we could be independent from each other so even though you know I saw my sister every day we hung out almost all the same people so I would say we were close but then at the same time we were able to be independent from each other so it wasn't really a hard decision for you know choosing what school to go to and we were especially looking at different schools like the school she was looking at were like not not like any of the schools i was looking at yeah so it was also nice to know that i wasn't gonna have to swim at the same college as my sister you know compete for the same spot knowing that we're gonna be at completely different schools do you guys have that twins intuition for each other (laughs) everyone always asks that but i mean maybe slightly Maybe just because we have similar personalities, but I wouldn't say like twin intellect. Twin intellect, I like. Or that. twin telepathy. Yeah, I like twin intellect better. That's uh, I like that turn of phrase. Uh, what about the rest of your family? Are they competitive too, or where do you think your competitiveness comes from? Um, I don't really know. My brother was also did a little bit of swimming but he really wasn't a fan of it he mostly only did it because our mother made him swim in high school swimming yeah he also did a bit of martial arts which necessarily isn't really competitive in nature it's more just personal competition yeah yeah um but i feel like most of my competition like competitive drive is more just from doing sports in general um, I mean, I was competitive just overall, but I feel like in sports, that's where I feel the most competitive in, I guess, in college now, too. I know you like to play video games. So are you competitive at video games as well? And if are you trying to get an eSports program going at the University of St. <laughs> Thomas? No, I, I kind of just like doing it if I want to, you know, just be by myself. I wouldn't say I'm very competitive in it, especially in video games. I just like to explore in them. I feel like it's kind of like an outlet for me, just being able to get away from the competitiveness for a bit and just like be in my own little world. What are your video games of choice? Um, My favorite one of all time right now would be Fallout New Vegas. Um, I love playing the Fallout games, Fallout 3. um, And then right now I'm playing Fallout 4. And then I also like to play other indie games um i can't think of a ton on the top of my head right now but then i also um loved playing the game the last of us that was a really popular console game and i really loved playing that one too so you're not going to be online with other people you're just getting some good grace time no i don't really like playing the kind of the type of gaming where you're online meeting other people yeah i find that one that type like a bit intense for me okay I can understand that. I've never done that. I do like playing the multiplayer games, but I've never done the, like, online against some rando. Yeah. Yeah. That seems a little weird to me. Um, what other what other things do you like to do for fun? Um, I like puzzles, especially logic puzzles. If I'm on a plane or sometimes on a bus ride to a meet or from a meet, 
I like to, I have apps on my phone for logic puzzles or even little word puzzles, mm-hmm. you know, where you have a certain amount of letters and you have to make up a bunch of words. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like insanely good at it. I just like doing it for fun. Um, but I love doing the logic puzzles. And sometimes I have like little books. I love just like crossing out the names and yeah. figuring it out. Um, other things, I love watching um, movies, especially horror movies. Um, my roommate's like saying that I'm like a horror movie snob. <laughs> I mean, if so what's, what makes a good horror movie for you? Um, I feel like a good horror movie is just something that makes you feel, I maybe uncomfortable, but then also really anxious. Okay. Like it doesn't always have to be gory or a bunch of jump scares. It's more just the build up and the suspense. And I feel like that's what really draws me into a good movie. A little bit more like Stephen King, maybe with the psychological thrills, than than yeah. like a Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's just gory. Yeah. yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is a pretty good movie too, building up the suspense. Yeah, I guess the first one probably. Mm-hmm. Give me a good psychological drama that you like. That is that maybe some people wouldn't consider it a horror movie, but you think it probably is. Um. Well, this one would be. A horror movie, um, Silence of the Lambs. I love yeah. that movie. I even have the, you know, the moth. I have it tattooed on my arm. Really? Yeah, I got that during the summer, and I just thought it was really cool, and I wanted something horror-related on tattooed on me, but I didn't want it to be, like, in-your-face gory or scary. Right. So I was like, I'll do, I'll do the moth. You're not getting Pennywise the clown. No, I don't think I'd do anything like that. Just, you know, something simple, but then also kind of, you know, jarring. Yeah, if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody would look at that and be like, oh, that's some Silence of the Lamb stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's seen the poster, they'd be able to be like, oh, it's the the moth. Yeah. Was that your first tattoo? No, my first tattoo, I had an orca on my leg, and then I have five other ones including the moth um one of them actually is a squid um one of my um someone that was on the team last year and you know two years before me she actually designed the drawing and it's a squid so then i took that drawing and i went to a tattoo artist i'm like can you do this and he's like yeah and it's probably one of my favorite ones is there been something special for each one of your tattoos or was some of them like, ah, just this one looks cool. I think I'll get it. Um, I have one, um, the same friend that drew the design, she tattooed the Loch Ness monster on me and I just thought it'd be like cute and funny. So she did that for me. And then I also have a giraffe on my stomach cause I just love giraffes. I don't know why, but giraffes have just been my favorite animal my whole life. And I found this patch of a giraffe and I was like I think that look cool tat on my body so I took it into a tattoo parlor and I was like can you do this yeah do you have a punch card at that tattoo parlor at this point no I've been to different places um but the one place I've gone to more recently a couple times is Black Coffin you know on University Avenue yeah yeah they do a really good job there they know you there (laughs) I don't know about (laughs) that but and then you also like to knit sometimes right Occasionally, I I learned in seventh grade just because there was this little class thing and it was the only one open and I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I learned to knit and 
I don't know why I'll just spend hours I can't even knit that fast but I just love doing you know the handwork of it Mm -hmm. I mean I've never knit anything good and I always make mistakes but I just love the idea of just like you know continuously working and once you get like the nick of it you can just like continuously do it what would you uh what have you tried to knit a Uh hat uh socks scarf a scarf that seems like a good place to start for the state you live in yeah especially you know if you just want to continuously knit for hours just do a scarf without all the hard like work you have to do for a hat i feel like that would take more work do you wear that scarf no it was terrible (laughs) what made it terrible it couldn't have been that bad there were so many holes in it and I didn't realize until later, and I just didn't care. So I was just like, I, I just like knitting it. So yeah. I would just keep doing it. Just the process. Yeah, just the process. Yeah. Do you like to cook? I I love cooking. Um, I like baking occasionally. Uh, I would say that's another little hobby of mine that I like to do by myself. Sometimes, you know, if nobody's home, I'll be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bake something. Just you know, a little therapeutic. Yeah. What do you like to bake? Um, I like to bake. Um, recently, I've just been baking a lot of pies. I baked a ton of pies for not only um, Thanksgiving back at home for me, but also um, our team had this Friendsgiving thing, which is a yearly tradition thing that I got to participate this year. And I baked a couple pumpkin pies. Wow. Yeah. And I I loved it. I, and it was like one of the first times having pumpkin pie. And I'm like, but it's a it's a um, signature dish for Thanksgiving. I might as well make a pumpkin pie. But um, yeah, sometimes I I've tried making cheesecake one or two times, and that's fun. Or cake. What else are you watching on TV if there's no horror movies or or anything like that? Um, TV. Um, I haven't watched too much TV lately, but I love watching. Me and my roommates, we love watching Sex in the City. Um, this summer. I watched so much Sex in the City with my roommates that um, I got sick of it. Um, <laughs> I love I love the show Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's a good one. My mother introduced me to that show, and it's probably like maybe my favorite show. Yeah, it's just it's so funny and lighthearted, but then at the same time it battles like tough topics. Yeah, and then also you know just the aspect of you know, talking about sports, even though it's not a sport I do, it's soccer. I just love seeing how they're, you know, accurately descripting or depicting, um, you know, the struggles of athletes, but then also what coaches might go through or, you know, people outside of, you know, the team. The episode where Beardsley goes on that weird adventure. Adventure. What did you think of that one? Because that one, people are split on it. It's not my favorite episode, but at the same time, Beardsley is probably one of my favorite characters because yeah. he's so, he says things without even having to say them. Right. And being able to see his personality, what he's really like without, you know, through other people, it was really interesting. So it wouldn't be my favorite episode, but I really liked it. Yeah. We all need a Beardsley. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a Beardsley. To balance everyone out. Uh, you were gonna ma- you're majoring in criminal justice. Yes. What do you want to do with that? Um, right now, I am working towards law enforcement. I really want to be a detective 
later on in life. And um, to do that, I want to be able to work in law enforcement for a few years as maybe a patrol officer. Um, I have, over the summer for a couple of months, worked as a community service officer for Metro Transit Police. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't continue it because of swimming and the commitment that it takes to do swimming. I wouldn't be able to do a job where it takes at least 20 hours a week. Yeah. and being a full-time student and swimming at the same time. I was really sad to leave that place because even though, um, you know, I love swimming, I loved the people there, I would say Metro Transit Police was, like, a really great opportunity for me to really see that I really want to do law enforcement. What drew you to that? Because that's a that's a job right now that's actually losing people. So what drew you to it? Um, I would say maybe around... Um, my last couple of years in high school, maybe junior, senior year, um, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. And I started reading more about and doing a little bit of research about, um, you know, victims of sexual assault, especially, you know, I was going to college reading a lot about sexual assault on campus, victims of sexual assault, you know, both men and women, um, and the statistics behind it. And it kind of just like, you know, it would make me sad. And um, the, I also would read about how, you know, investigators of those crimes really struggle in that because um, there's really not that many people that do it, especially in um, certain cities. I just read an article about how in Seattle there's like maybe uh, I can't even remember. There might be five or ten um, investigators that are in that um precinct for sex crimes and they have to do dozens and dozens and dozens for each person and they can't even get through it and I just thought you know that's what I really want to do I want to do investigations especially maybe victims um of crimes such as that is human I know um rightfully so a lot of people don't have that much approval for law enforcement especially in some cities at the same time though um learning more about law enforcement and um, listening from um, actual people that are currently working in law enforcement. It's a really hard job for a lot of them. They have to see things that not a lot of people see, have to see. They see pretty much the worst of the worst, but pretty much everybody that works in there, you know, even the people that are jerks to them, um, they, um, they would one person I worked with, he um, was talking about someone that he would see on the streets all the time. And he's like, oh, sometimes she makes me so mad, but I would take a bullet for her. And I was like, you know, I was really glad that someone like him would be working in law enforcement someday. Yeah, absolutely. As you uh, wind down your career, what do you want your legacy here at St. Thomas to be? Um, I really just want people to remember me as, you know, I... I can get serious a lot when it comes to swimming. Um, I get really competitive, but I always try to keep it light at practice, you know, making sure people are having a good time or maybe even, you know, especially at, you know, team events where we're doing something fun like Friendsgiving or um, we even do pet pals where it's kind of just like a secret Santa thing except for at meets where you get them like a Gatorade or um, a little snack such as that. So I feel like um, I would just want to be remembered as someone that just tried to keep up with the team culture and keep it going. We appreciate your time, Grace. Best of luck the rest of this year in the pool. And uh, looking forward to seeing some more uh, top 10 Tommy records set. And uh, best of luck to you for the rest of your career here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.